The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports multi-daily podcast. We used to be a daily show. Now that free agency is here, we do multiple shows a week, multiple shows a day, excuse me. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, March 17th. We are in the throes of the tampering period. Tom Brady has been released into the wild by the New England Patriots. Uh, he He's the one who broke the news. Um early on Tuesday morning. If you want the full details on that, we'll get you with an update later on in this podcast. But if you want the full details on that, may I suggest you go and check out the podcast in the feed with our boy Sully from Boston, Tyler Sullivan. Uh, Sully's the man. He hopped on with me, and we did about 30 minutes on Tom Brady, what it means, breaking it down, who could replace Tom Brady, et cetera, et cetera. We have a full recap winners and losers post from all the Monday action that you can dive into. It's certainly still fresh out there, um, you know, with the Stefan Diggs trade, which feels like it happened four days ago. And, um, Amari Cooper coming back to the Cowboys. Sheesh, that DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson deal feels like forever ago. Anyway, let's dive in because a lot more has happened on Tuesday during the morning. We will, of course, have another recap on Tuesday night with winners and losers and for those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis and are kind enough to support the program, if you like it, we're doing a show, we're doing a live hour of uh, internet television on CBS Sports HQ, our free 24-7 streaming sports network from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The Super Friends will be holding it down. If you like and uh, like love, kind of are okay with the show come on and support us you can do it for free uh on in your phone on the cbs sports app roku amazon apple tv fire wherever else you get your streaming sports services Whew. sean wagner mcguff john breach ryan wilson I feel like we just got on the horn and haven't talked in forever how you guys doing i feel like we're locked in an escape room together mm. aren't we supposed to be social distancing I, I literally feel like you guys are in my house right now. Are you in my house? You and Sean look like, I mean, like everybody looks like they have similar houses because we all have these white backgrounds with like pictures on the wall. We could, it could be like a four cameras. Debo doesn't look like he's in the same house. Because <laughs> he's, you know, Debo just moved to a new place. He hadn't had time to hang his cheesy artwork yet. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I got to tell you, I feel like this podcast is built for the coronavirus. Which yeah. is, it's pretty funny. Just, um, 
we've looked at, uh, we've mentioned other podcasts around the, uh, around the, uh, podcast scape and those guys seem to be on lockdown. Yeah. I'm, I'm having, uh, <laughs> trouble talking. He's already drinking. He opened the beers early today. No, I mean, I just, I mean, look, we, we podcast remotely all the time and it, it, I'm not, I'm not being flippant or anything. Like, I just feel like this works for us and we want to keep people updated because there's not, there's no sports on. There is nothing on. Like, if you look at like DFS, what they're doing is they're create, they're doing like, like they're doing like matchups of the 86 Celtics and, uh, and like 90, 95 Bulls. And they're playing them against each other in a simulation. Uh, I know like CBS, ESPN are both doing bracket simulations and declaring national champions. So you know what? We, we're trying to provide a service breach. And in some places you can bet on the weather. That is where we are right now. Uh, yes. day seven of the quarantine. I made a $5,000 bet on whether or not the temperature would hit 74 degrees. It did not. I lost all my money. Where I'm not you, there yet, where, but I'm, I'm close. Where can you bet on the weather? I don't want to tell you because you'll lose all your money and then you'll be homeless and then your wife will hate me. So I'm not going to do it. I'll tell you what you can bet on. And I actually could have bet on it a few months ago. And I told people to bet on it that Cam Newton would not be on the Panthers by week one of the start of 2020. And it looks like it's not going to happen. Uh, this is an ugly little piece of drama that's unfolding. The Carolina Panthers issued a statement, a, a, they, they posted a, a story on their website titled Panthers give Cam Newton permission to seek trade. And it's interesting because the first paragraph reads, the Panthers on Tuesday gave quarterback Cam Newton permission to seek a trade. General manager Marty Herney met with Newton and his representation to discuss the plan, signaling the end of a nine-year run in Carolina. We'll get more on that phrase in just a second. But uh, immediately, the Panthers then posted that to Instagram. And Tom Brady, I mean Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Another uh, quarterback who's been uh, uh, thrust aside by his team. Cam jumps onto Instagram, and in, I don't know, like if you if you've never seen how Cam writes on Instagram or on social media, um, you know it was uh, it, it, it's it, it's it's this weird font. It's like a modified wingdings, and it's a very unique font. And he writes in it everywhere, and it, it and Is people it are all... modified wingdings because I don't know, Sean. Do you know what wingdings are? No. Yeah, those are like the original fonts you could get on like Microsoft Word or something back in like the mid nineties. I mean, I don't know what Cam's font is called. That you just came up with that? That's pretty good. Modified wingdings. I like that. Thank that's, you. I'm sure it'll resonate with the millennials. By the way, that's the name of Sean's band, Modified Wingdings. You guys have known me for five years and you will never know the name of my high school band. You have the name of a high school band? You have yeah, to tell us now. No, we've been over this on the podcast probably like two years ago. You guys make fun of me for being old and not being able to remember anything. Brent's is much worse than I am. His back hurts. He can't remember what Well, he's... no, no, right. It's not that he doesn't remember. It's just he doesn't listen when people talk to him. What? <laughs> Cam wrote on Instagram, and look, you just got to go find the, the wingdings. Stop with the wordplay. He commented this on the Panthers on the Panthers post. I never asked for it. There is no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death and will always love you guys. Please do not try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this one love few minutes later, Greg Olson swoops in and says, sounds familiar. Yikes.com breach. This is getting a little ugly, isn't it? Uh, Brenton, I have to say that your boys in Carolina, they're not off to a great start if they are trying to win over the fan base. Uh, you're throwing all your legendary players under the bus. You're David Tepper. You buy the team. You hire Greg Rule. Uh, what do you do? 
by Greg Olson, and Greg Olson clearly was not happy with how the way things ended. Now you're doing this to Cam Newton. You're saying, yeah, we're letting him explore a trade because that's what he wanted. And Cam is like, whoa, man, hold your horses. That is not what I wanted. You guys are forcing me out. So this is not a great look for the Panthers. And if I'm a Panthers fan, I'd be a little perturbed by how all this is playing out. And maybe keeping Cam or getting rid of Cam is probably the right move, something I thought they should have done. And I think they should have just been open about it. You don't say Greg Rule just came out a month ago and said, yeah, we're going to probably keep Cam. And I know Marty Herney was, wasn't was as definitive. He was saying, yeah, we'll wait till he heals. But don't say that. Just say, you know, we're going to move on. We're trying to rebuild. Cam Newton's not in our plans. He only has one year left on our contract. He's injured. He hasn't been good the last two years. Say all that stuff. You don't just lead everyone on. Uh, so this is just going to set up an odd dynamic between the Panthers and their fan base. One of the uh, interesting things about Matt Rule when he was first hired um, the Panthers have this YouTube series where they sort of follow Matt Rule and behind the scenes and what's going on. The first episode was Luke Keekley's retirement and sort of Matt Rule getting the job. And the second episode was them at the Combine. But Matt Rule actually said, I have to remind myself as a, as a NFL coach, no longer a college coach, I can't tell everyone I want to keep them. And I think he struggled with getting the wording right, even though if he knew in his heart that this, this was, was how it's go, how it was going to end up. Also worth noting, in addition to, um, the wing, the modified wingding Instagram post. There was a, a response from Greg Olson who said, uh, "Hmm, sounds familiar." And then Thomas Davis had a an emoji of I couldn't see it because I'm I'm old and blind, but it must have been like the uh, the confused face. And then finally, if, if you're was, wondering why we're making the confused faces, right? It's because I already mentioned Greg Olson. <laughs> oh, I, I was. <laughs> um, and then more importantly, I actually wasn't listening. I thought maybe that someone had said that. I was. Gonna, I was Got that. <laughs> More importantly, yeah, if you're the Panthers social media person, here's how you make it better for Panthers fans, um, Breach. You tweet out, at least or not, the Houston Texans, and then <laughs> look better. Do we expect Cam will fetch a trade return, or are they just going to have to cut him? So here's the thing. And I, uh, having dug into this a little bit more, you're reading, you know, the, it, they're going to cut him. They're not going to get a trade. They're not going to get anything for him in a trade. Um, first of all, Here's David Tepper's. I mentioned signaling the end of a nine-year run in Carolina. That is basically saying if we can't find a trade partner for Cam, we will cut him. David Tepper added as part of his statement that um, Cam is one of the all-time greats in Panthers history. If you ask any of our fans for some of their most memorable moments, I'm willing to bet that most of them would include Cam, electrifying plays, giving away footballs after touchdowns, fun celebrations, and big wins. His competitiveness and drive are rare. Off the field, you can't measure Cam's contributions. He has touched the lives of you throughout the Carolinas and in Atlanta. He's unique, and I wish him all the best. That is not somebody who's going to be back on the roster if they can't find a trade partner. And here's the problem. Because of Corona, they're – other teams aren't allowed to give him a physical. They have to be willing to do a neutral, uh, to let a neutral physician who's yet to be established give Cam a physical in order to pass him off on a trade. And I think that the Panthers, I don't know if they're going to spend in free agency, but I think that they would like to go ahead and clear up the cost, the clear up the money that they will save if they release Cam Newton, which is $19.2 million, uh, which they would save, um, if they cut him, you know, before the 2020 season. So in my opinion, they are going to release Cam Newton because no one's going to trade for him. Brenton, I disagree with you. I think someone will trade for him uh, because if you're the Panthers, if someone calls up and say offers a fifth round pick, that's better than getting nothing. 
for sure. So, so I do think that some team will at, call and make an offer, and maybe the Panthers get to the point where they're like, well, we don't love this offer of a fourth or fifth round pick, but our alternative is to cut him. So let's just take this offer because that's all we have on the table. And if you're another team in the NFL, you don't want to milk this out because what if the Panthers don't cut him for another week? You know, what if they wait that out? If you're the Chargers, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, you want your quarterback situation figured out by Thursday. You know, you don't want to be left wondering what's going to happen. So if Tom Brady goes to the Chargers or Buccaneers, that team, you know, say he goes to the Chargers, all of a sudden the Buccaneers are like, well, do we resign Jameis Winston? Are we going to wait to see how this Cam Newton thing shakes out? And also, the, the one of the teams that doesn't end up with Tom Brady could get desperate. So again, if he went to the Chargers, and I, I think he's one of the Buccaneers, but this is just an example, uh, the Buccaneers are like, well, we don't want Jameis back, so let's offer the Panthers a second-round pick for Cam Newton because now we're a little bit more desperate. So I, I do think that he well, gets traded. You're... You, in that hypothetical, yeah, he gets traded. If the Buccaneers offer the Panthers a second round pick, they would do that in a heartbeat. Well, the Patriots, I, I, see, I, I mean, the Patriots, what if the Patriots sure. call and offer a third or fourth round pick? I don't, I just think that somebody will offer something for Cam and the Panthers will take that over getting nothing. I, I think what they would do, and Sean and Brian jump in if you correct me if I'm, if you disagree, but like, I think the Panthers would be willing to take a, a fourth round pick that turns into a third round pick if Cam is either a, it's a conditional pick where it's if Cam is able to start, able to start week one, like healthy enough, if he's on the active roster in week one, or if he is, um, if he starts like eight games or something like that, I think you do, you build something in like that because like, I think the Panthers will get a fourth round compensatory pick for Cam Newton potentially if he walks away and he's I, healthy enough to play. I think it's going to be a lot less than that. He's got one year left on his deal. He's going to want a new deal. Well, no, if you, no, but I'm saying if you cut him, if you cut him, he becomes a free agent. And I think some team is going to get like, we'll get to Teddy Bridgewater in a second, but like Cam's going to get Teddy Bridgewater type of money. Like you're going to get a third or fourth round compensatory pick if Cam is healthy. So in other words, why not like only do the trade if it's going to be a better value than the compensatory pick? I think the trade's going to be like day three, like late day three. And I think Prisco talked about this on HQ earlier. JJ may have as well, and uh, even Dave Richard from a fantasy, fantasy perspective. I don't think you're giving up a lot for a guy you don't. You, as Brenton pointed out, you can't even kick the tires on him in person because you just don't know. And I know he's angry about how things are unfolding. I get all that. I don't. I don't have any issue with that. But I don't know if a team's going to give up a third or fourth round pick for him. That would seem super steep, um, unless of course it's Houston Texans. But I will say though, if if it is costing a fifth round pick. Um, like as a fan of a team that desperately needs a quarterback upgrade, I would love the Bears to send a fifth round pick to Carolina, uh, for Cam Newton. I think that would be a, a worthwhile risk because yes, obviously health is the major concern, but if you do get healthy Cam Newton for a fifth round pick, that looks like, you know, one of the biggest steals. I think Brinson's right though. I think it needs to be some sort of incentive to incentive based trade where, uh, you do it for a fifth because there's a lot of risk, but if Cam starts over 12 games, it turns into a third or fourth. I think I think that's the only way to facilitate a trade without being able to do a physical. You have to tie it to the number of games he starts or throws, um, snaps, something like that. Uh, and real quick, as Brenton mentioned, uh, compensatory picks. I don't know if you meant to, but if the Panthers cut him, there's no compensatory pick. Because that's only if you leave in free agency. If you cut the player, you don't get that credit. Oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, so a fifth round pick oh, you're right. yeah, would be you're right. a good yeah, enough offer. Yeah, yeah, then you're right. Yeah, you take whatever you can get. Devo, cut that out too while we're cutting. <laughs> <laughs> a five-minute podcast. 
<laughs> seriously, if if people start cutting out all of our mistakes, it's not gonna be a long podcast. It cuts out all the things. Yes. See you guys next week. It cuts out all. It's like it's like why don't they post a three minute podcast? It's like, I had to cut out all the stupid stuff Brinson said. Um, yeah, you're right. You don't get a convinced story pick if you cut somebody. Mm, okay. I so think now Ryan's if you're right. if you're if you're Marty Herney and I'm calling you offering that fifth rounder. You're you're thinking about it, and you're hoping somebody offers something better. But if they don't, you pull the trigger. All right. So if you're the Bears or Chargers or a team that needs quarterback help, and you don't think you're going to land Tom Brady, what are you offering for Cam Newton? Nothing higher than a fifth round pick. I think fifth, but again, I think you find a way to tie it. It goes to a fourth, it goes to a third, and so on, based off how many starts he makes. Well, I mean, yeah, right. If you go to the Super Bowl, I'll happily give you a first round pick. But it, right, but it, the reality is. Those incentives have to be pretty huge, I would imagine, in order to 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 meet that threshold. Given the he doesn't play a lot of football because of injuries, whether it's the shoulder or the, or the foot. So, how much longer can he play the way that we saw him play in 2015? I don't know. And I do think Brenton did hit the nail on the head with the conditional part. And you know, you guys obviously agreed, but this could be one of the craziest conditional picks because usually it's a difference of one round. You could say, hey fourth rounder but we'll move it up to a first rounder if we if my team makes the playoffs you know because cam is that good he's a proven talent he's been to the super bowl so this could be one of the widest conditional picks we've ever seen i agree it, it should if they give a fifth there should be a conditional for a fourth conditional for a third and so on all the way it could go all the way up to a second round pick i think i'm saying that because the bears don't have first round picks to offer so <laughs> yeah i mean that, that's i think i don't think there's anything wrong with that like if somebody wants to give you something with Cam, or give you something for Cam, and it's not something of substance, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you get rid of him, but I would build in conditions so that way you don't just get like I wouldn't trade him to the Buccaneers for a fifth round pick with no conditionals attached. They're just getting lit up by Cam twice a year for the next three years. I don't think they would trade him in division. I, I mean, I think I still think his best landing spots the Chargers, just because they have to sell tickets if they lose the Tom Brady sweepstakes. Cam Newton's the biggest name that makes sense. You're not going to have to pay him. Uh, you know, I don't think you're gonna have to pay him thirty million dollars, especially if you trade his contract's only twenty million dollars. Uh, that just seems like the most logical landing spot, even though Sean is dying to have Cam Newton take over for Mitchell Trubisky. And not to mention, the Chargers have a good uh, insurance policy in, in Tyrod Taylor. If Cam, like they could get, get Cam, hope he's healthy, but he's not healthy. They could just roll out Tyrod, which is a good plan B. And it's, a, it's a terrible landing spot because their offensive line is terrible. I mean, in terms of what Breach is talking about selling tickets and all that, that's great. But he's only going to be playing a game and a half, and then it's going to be the Tyrod Taylor show because they have 1.5 offensive linemen. Again, Phil Rivers isn't there because they couldn't block anybody. So Cam, I don't. Cam Newton has never had a good offensive line his entire career. And how's he doing? How's he been the last two years? He won MVP. When? 2015. Okay. What year is this? 2016. I don't know the. Do you know how I know it's 2016 because the Texans just traded for David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan, you saying Cam Newton only? Might play in one and a half games. Guess what? Doesn't matter because the tickets are already sold. You sell those season tickets. Who cares? He just has to be on the field for week one. And that's a, uh, that's boom. That's how the Spanos are thinking. That's the how they Chargers, think. No, that's true though. The Chargers can't like come out and outright say we're trying to find somebody who can help us sell tickets. But like, if you're if you're if you're running through the list of guys who will help you sell tickets in L.A., I mean, one is Tom Brady and is two Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what other quarterback you're bringing in. Jameis Winston's not selling tickets. Hey, uh, let me tell you this. I'm sorry to interrupt. I might you, sell speeding tickets or like. <laughs> how many tickets did Philip Rivers sell? 
Because he would be number two on this list. Dude, no, are you nuts? Philip Rivers purposely spurned the city of Los Angeles by staying in San Diego, refusing to show up for press conferences, and like basically silently acknowledging that he hated the idea that the franchise moved to L.A. and he would have preferred it stay in San Diego. That's why they didn't to the soccer stadium. And L.A. fans are over Philip Rivers. He'd been there since 2004. He wasn't winning anything. He wasn't taking this team to the Super Bowl. So you just you, you get to the point of not caring. You're not winning fans over a new city when you bring your players from the old city you bring in new blood and that's how you make new fans i got something for your next bowl prediction story breach uh the the capacity of that la rams stadium when the chargers play will be 12 percent. so there you go bowl prediction i don't (laughs) care who the quarterback is i'm kind of unless i think tom brady would be the exception i think he would draw tickets but i agree like i don't think cam is and i love cam but this version of cam isn't moving the needle as nearly as much as Tom Brady. There is a wide gap between those two in terms of tickets. All right. Give me your one-word prediction for where Cam Newton goes. And you can either you can either say a team or cut if you choose, Ryan. I want him healthy. I want to say Chicago. This is not one word. So. That's a lot of words. Sean. I think, so I think I is the only word he got there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help you out, jerk. Uh Los Angeles. Chargers. Two, still two words. It's, Char- it's the city. <laughs> Chargers. Sean didn't say Rams or Chargers. I got Chargers. Cut. Yeah, breach wins. Ryan got lasso. Ryan said the most words. Well, I you say, said to me, you use a bunch of words, and then you use two words. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were joking. Like I just assumed it was a joke because it was so obviously two words. I say he gets cut. We'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think anybody's going to offer him something, but I would say, you know, Bears or Chargers stand out as options if it doesn't happen. Who's going to replace Cam Newton in Carolina? Oh, another one of our favorite quarterbacks. And we'll tell you who coming up after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So the Panthers are moving off of Cam Newton as they made abundantly clear in their statements that they released and um, things that they said and the way that they handled stuff on Instagram. And they've got a backup plan. They are going to go with Teddy Bridgewater, the former first-round pick by the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, ended up in New Orleans hanging out for a while behind the Jets. For two weeks or however long that was. Is it two weeks? Maybe a little longer than that, but it was right before the the start of the season. They traded him for a second-round pick, was it? That's crazy. It doesn't even seem like real life. Oh, yeah, because we thought he was going to trade him to the the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. They had the Dante Fowler, remember? I think JLC was the one who broke that story that they had. The Jaguars talked trash to Prisco about my article ranking them as the number one landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater. Like a certain member of the Jaguars front office 
Kano no, Tarasco was like, what is your boy? Your boy's lost his mind. And it's like, yeah, maybe I have lost my mind, or maybe you signed Blake Bortles. <laughs> and then Nick Foles. Yeah, and then Nick Foles. Yeah, get off my lawn, pal. Uh, so anyway, Teddy Bridgewater, yes, traded for the Jets to the Saints. Saints kept him as the backup. He stepped in when Drew Brees got injured last year, became a free agent. Um, you know, it seemed as if, you know, once Drew Brees decided he was coming back, then Teddy was out. And Teddy, we, you know, there was a discussion about what kind of market Teddy Bridgewater would have. Uh, we had mentioned that there were reports out there of him getting $30 million. Not the case. He's going to get three years, $60 million from the Carolina Panthers. Pretty good cash for Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan. I don't know. We were, we were guessing around $23 million when, um, when we were talking about what Teddy Bridgewater would get maybe last week. And then yesterday when, or two days ago when Ryan Tannehill got 29.5, we were like, there's no way that Teddy gets close to that. So I think 20 is great if you're the Panthers and what Teddy played five games last year, went five and oh, we've talked about that. We'll see what he's like as a full-time starter. Is he, like, he's not better than Cam when Cam's healthy, but that's a huge if. And also, I wonder if this is going to be Teddy sort of bridge quarterback water because. <laughs> that was so bad. Good, right? That was good. Yeah, so, I, well, I, yeah, I do. Quickly, they have the number seven pick, and maybe they draft a quarterback anyway with Teddy B there. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think this, th- this signing is reminiscent of Mike Lennon in Chicago, uh, Matt Flynn. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Except one of the quarterbacks are good and one isn't. I mean, it's, I mean Matt, it's Matt Flynn in Seattle. It's one of the quarterbacks. Like, wait, you're, well, that's this is disrespectful to Teddy Bridgewater to be comparing him to Matt Flynn <laughs> and Mike I mean, Lennon. Like, if if the Panthers draft Justin Herbert with the seventh overall pick, there's no guarantee Teddy Bridgewater starts Week One. Yeah, but Teddy Bridgewater is leaps and bounds better than both of those quarterbacks combined. What did uh? I mean, this is the same sort of structure that they got though. Matt Flynn got a smaller deal, I think. I think Glennon's deal was pretty substantial. I, I breached you have those numbers off the top of your head because I remember Glennon Matt, got eighteen point five million per year. But yeah, I, I mean you have to see the structure. But the Glennon deal was—I'm not defending the Glennon deal, but it was organized in such a way that the Bears could get out of it after but, one year. But that's—but that—that's my point. I'm saying that I would not be surprised at all if this deal for Teddy Bridgewater got him like twenty-five to thirty million in the first year of the deal. And it was more like a two-year deal where they could cut him after one or cut him after two or something like that. Um, Matt Flynn, t- three-year, twenty-six million, uh, ten million guaranteed when he signed with the Seahawks. I remember, like Teddy Bridgewater, Russell Wilson got that job. Teddy Bridgewater has started a lot more games, but like the, the same experience level. Like largely speaking, these like, Teddy Bridgewater is not a. I mean, he's not like he. It's not like he's been starting in the league for ten years. He's better than those guys, but I could see, I see where you're going with that. That's all. I, I'm just saying that if it would not be surprising at all if this deal was structured in such that the Panthers could get out, out of it after one. And I mean, obviously they're going to be able to get out, out of it after two years. And if they took Tua or Herbert or Jordan Love with a top 10 pick, that wouldn't be surprising either. My, right. so my only counterpoint would be, we don't know the structure yet, so we'll see who who ends up being right, is I don't know if Teddy would take a deal that would make him very cuttable after year one, because if that was the case, I feel like he would have just stayed in New Orleans, knowing that Breeze is probably retiring after the coming year, uh, because he doesn't want to get cut by Carolina in a year, and then New Orleans has some other plan. He's like, man, if I just would have stayed in New Orleans, 
you know, I would have been taking over for Drew Brees with Sean Payton. And let's not forget, he's already been very prudent throughout his comeback. He had a chance last year to go to Miami and be their bridge starter, and he said no because he wanted to stay in New Orleans. So we're hey, all for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Two things, Sean. They um they put the first round tender, I think, on Taysom Hill. I think that's right. So I don't know if they that means what that means for Teddy Bridgewater, but it doesn't seem like a great great idea. And there's no way that the Saints are going to give him three years, thirty million dollars, whatever. That we have to figure out the, the details of the contract. But I think that's probably why he did it. And also, I can't remember who re- reported it, but uh, I just saw on the Twitter machine that the Patriots apparently were not interested in Teddy B. So maybe his options were limited. And let's not forget too that this is sort of a symbiotic thing for these guys. Joe Brady was hired from LSU to come be the Panthers offensive coordinator. Joe Brady previously was with the Saints and had worked with Teddy Bridgewater. So not only is Teddy Bridgewater going somewhere where he will be comfortable with the veteran, with the, you know, the the first year offensive coordinator, but you're giving an offensive coordinator who's in his first year uh, in in an offseason where like it's possible these guys won't get to work together until training camp. Like we have no idea how long the Corona thing is going to linger. It's very possible that offseason training is, is eliminated and that as a result, if you have someone who knows the system that he's coming into, that's hugely beneficial for that quarterback and that coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say real quick, the, the one thing about the deal, $20 million per year, is that the Panthers, uh, another shot to Panthers fans, if you any Panthers fan that wanted to keep Cam Newton, uh, it, you're giving him the same amount of money for – 2020 that Cam Newton was owed. It's basically $20 million for each guy, and you decided Which, Teddy Bridgewater is your better option at that price. So tells you – and, yeah, Prince, I think you're making that base because that kind of tells you what you need to know about how the Panthers feel about Cam Newton, whether it's his health, his ability to return to top form. They obviously do not feel good about that at all if they're saying at the exact same price, we would rather have Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton. So I think that's an interesting factor. And Ryan, you hit the nail on the head with what Sean was saying about price. He should have stayed in New Orleans. No way Bridgewater was getting, even if this is only one year of guaranteed money, $20 million, he was not getting anywhere near that in New Orleans. So this is a huge, huge raise. There's no, there's no way he was turning this deal down. I'm not I'm saying stay he with should the have stayed. I'm not saying he should have stayed in New Orleans. I'm saying that he has demonstrated the ability to sacrifice money in a starting job to stay in a good situation. So I feel like he feels okay about his chances to stick in Carolina. One, I think one, one fantasy implication in real life in a, in implication is, uh, not that Christian McCaffrey's touches were either, were ever going to go away. Uh, but Bridgewater dumps the ball down a lot. 6.2 air yards per attempt by far. Actually, not by far. Derek Carr is right, right there too. Uh, but it was the lowest in the league. So you could see in that offense a lot more touches for McCaffrey once again. So yeah, I mean, the long story short is that the Panthers are going to talk about how Teddy Bridgewater is their guy. They love his character. They love his effort. They love the, the job he did. They want to honor Cam Newton on the way out the door. But as, you know, as Breach pointed out, like it's pretty clear how they feel about each guy and, or at least how they feel about Cam. And we'll know for sure how they feel about Teddy once we get to April 24th. Because then we'll know if the Panthers took a quarterback in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft, assuming the NFL draft isn't moved back further. The other big news of the day, CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, great friend of the program, has a new radio show. I don't know if you guys heard about this. He, uh, he and Ken Wyman have a show on 1057 The Fan in Baltimore. You should check that out. Um, I was on recently. They're having a degenerate off to figure out who is the most degenerate uh, guest they can get on the show. And they said that I blew past Nick Costas. How's that? <laughs> well, they're like, what's the what's the worst thing you've ever gambled on? Oh, okay. The weather. 
Ooh, the weather would have, I should have mentioned that. I forgot about that. Wait, you are worse than Nick? I mean, I mean, yeah, I think so. Uh, he just Nick, tweets about it I more. Think, I think I'm, a, I think I'm legitimately more of a degenerate. I think Nick projects a more degenerate image. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, well, you stopped tweeting about it for a month there, so he's got the edge as far as I'm concerned. And I can't wait to go back to being off Twitter once we get this free agency stuff done. Uh, so. Of course, I can't leave Twitter until I find out. Breach has a link. Sports better still gambling through coronavirus. Check the weather. That is incredible. Uh, I'm going to send that to JLC right now. The, um, you know, I can't get off Twitter until I figure out what happens to Philip Rivers. And thankfully, we're close because, as I mentioned, Jason Lacanfora reported uh, that the char- that the the Chargers that the Colts and Philip Rivers are close on a deal, finalizing a contract to make him the next quarterback. Uh, it's interesting. We thought there was a chance. I think a lot of us thought there was a chance that with Tom Brady putting out the vibe, so to speak, and letting everybody know that he was leaving the Patriots, that the Colts might get involved. Doesn't appear to be the case. They do be- appear to be going down the path of uh, signing Philip Rivers and rolling with him in Indianapolis. We've asked this out a bunch because it sort of felt like a fait accompli. Sean, uh, do you think this is a net? If, if, if they sign Rivers, what's your grade on the Colts and their situation heading into? Well, actually, I'll tell you what. Let's let's phrase that differently. What would you say? What would you set their odds at for their Super Bowl odds? Let's say the Chiefs are three to one. Chiefs three to one. Sound about right? Maybe Chiefs five to one. It's the NFL season. It's just hard to do. So Chiefs are five to one. What would the Colts be to win the NFL to win the Super Bowl? Twenty-five to one. Oh yeah, right. I mean, in, to answer your first question, I mean, I think this is an A signing for them, uh, and I think that they got obviously incredibly unlucky, unlucky with the with the luck situation, and but at the same time, they got a little bit lucky that one year after Luck retires, you have this mass mass exodus of legitimately good quarterbacks and um, we've talked a lot about how the Colts have a ton of cap space so they can afford to give a quarterback even if he's a little bit on the decline um, a big contract and there's also the familiarity we've talked about we don't know if these guys are going to have training camp we don't know how the season's going to look like Rivers does have familiarity with Frank Reich uh, 2013 to 15 Reich was the either the quarterback's coach or offensive coordinator in San Diego those three seasons we've said this a bunch of times 4500 yards 30 touchdowns 14 interceptions per season if the Colts get that kind of production out of the quarterback position they just got Buckner to shore up the defense I think they along with the Titans should be considered the front runners in the AFC South um, because let's be real uh, the Texans could still blow up their roster even more as long as Bill, Bill O'Brien is still in charge of that that roster. Yep. yep, I agree too. Brian. <laughs> done and done. No, I think if he goes to Indianapolis, I think this is interesting um, from the other perspective. JJ talked about this on HQ. I heard it on on Tuesday. He doesn't like Philip Rivers in Indy or really anywhere. He thinks ah, JJ hates Rivers. He's a Carolina think, guy. Homer. Yeah, he, I almost called him out on HQ. They want to make him mad. Freaking anti Homer. Get out of here. Anti Homer. I don't know what that is. Um, but I think it actually makes a lot of sense. I, I think that Philip Rivers would makes uh, would fit well in Indianapolis. They don't have that number thirteen pick anymore, so they can't draft a quarterback there. Should they want to groom one later? But um, the defense is going to be much better with Buckner. The offense is is already really good and can get better if they want to draft a wide receiver number thirty four. I think that's when they pick first. They have options, and you know we we've been saying it for a day now. As long as Bill O'Brien is the coach of Houston, that's one less team you have to worry about if you're in that division. Mm. That's a good point. Um, 
Mm, thank you. Mm, we haven't had one of those in a while. My mm. <laughs> wife was texting me a, a, a Corona meme, which is not funny. Um, <laughs> Debo shaking a- his head like, how do I cut that out of the podcast without cutting everything else out? No, that's dying. Uh, no, what? I thought it was, I thought it was like a picture of her son. I was, I was checking it. I was like, oh, no, it's not. Uh, Breach, you're the, I should ask you first. I don't know why I asked Sean. What would the odds be for the, uh, the, the Colts? What do you think? Uh, what are they right now? I assumed you would know that. I can't access well, the, I don't, know, I don't know what the odds are right now. Uh, they're over, I would say they're, I would say they are, you know what? I can get them. Hold on. Let's see if that thing loads. Oh, I just won't load because I'm in North Carolina. All right. I think the consensus, this is kind of everybody is 40 to one. Yeah, um, right. With no, I, like, with their quarterback being Jacoby Brissett, they're 40 to 1. Right. And I think if you add Phillip Rivers, it goes to 20 to 1 or less, or, or like better. So I could see 15 to 1. Mm, I think, I think 15 to 20 to 1 is about right. Sorry, Sean, you can't be an odds maker. Well, you guys had the added benefit of knowing what they were now. I didn't have that benefit. Well, you didn't ask. You I had to opt ask. Yeah, because I wasn't a coward, and I went in blind, and I still made a pretty good prediction considering how close I was. That's called being ignorant going in blind when you could have just simply done research. Well, gotcha. I didn't know the question was being – he switched the question on me mid-question. <laughs> I, was, I had my grade ready. That's true. I'll give you that. Who What's, are you going to pick, Ryan, to win the – AFC South that Philip Rivers signs with the Colts and the Texans don't further destroy their roster and the Jaguars continue on their path of destruction. And well, then of course there are the, the Titans. I think I feel like the Titans sort of feel like the favorite, but I feel like no one is going to pick the Texans because of the Hopkins trade, which no one, who is pick? Come on. Well, they have to Sean Watson. Like yeah, that's what best, I was saying. That's the annoying the best thing. Quarterback in the division. They got Randall Cobb. <laughs> and David Johnson. I think, I, I think I'm leaning towards the Titans just based on how they finished last season. Uh, hopefully, Ryan Tannehill uh, can play something like what we saw last year. But, um, you know, I think the favorites will probably be the Colts in most people's minds. Who do you guys think? Who would you pick? Breach, you're the, you're the worst AFC South picker on the planet. Who would you take? <laughs> oh, I, I, I know I am, and I want to answer this question because I don't want to jinx the Titans, and I don't want to also sound like a homer because I'm sitting here in Nashville about to pick the Titans, but – I I like the Titans. I think the Colts and Titans will probably both get in the playoffs because you look at the way the AFC is structured right now. The AFC East might only send one team to the postseason like they've done forever, except it might not be the Patriots. Uh, so I'm just going to say the Titans and Colts both make the playoffs and uh, TBD on who actually wins the division. I'll give you my prediction in August on this podcast. Just remind me. If Tom Brady goes to the – Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Philip Rivers goes to the Colts. I think we all know what's happening here. What? It's time for a Colts Super Bowl pick. Oh yeah. By the way, you're really gonna do that to Rivers. You're really gonna so jinx him when he's running out of time. You're yep. really gonna slap the Brinson curse on him again. Let him take a team to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Don't attach yourself to his team. Ooh, neutral. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Okay, okay, but that's, that's but not then, bold at all. That's not. You make fun of us all the time when we do normal predictions. Not, no, no, it's not. No, I'm gonna curse the Chiefs. I think Mahomes actually might be the only quarterback who is like Brinson proof, though. I don't think so. He could get injured, but he already survived the Madden curse. Madden curse is all. Uh, the Madden curse is a joke compared to the Brinson curse. Over. Browns win every off season. Rivers is gonna win the Super Bowl every year. 
Brinson just he just spits curses and it's like uh it's Harry Potter stuff, man. I don't even want to mess with it. Over under four thousand passing yards for Philip Rivers. Over. 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 Oh, that's not, that's not even if he goes over four thousand passing yards with the Colts, they're winning the division. Yeah, just like Jameis did when he was with the Bucks. Over five thousand yards. But he's not gonna throw thirty picks and six pick sixes. Well, if if one quarterback besides Jameis would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at who has the most interceptions since Jameis entered the league. It's Jameis but and guess who's second? Philip Rivers. In Philip Rivers defense, he always he almost always plays behind a horrible offensive line. And Philip Rivers is not a guy who can run for his life. So his first instinct is just gun it to the first person he sees, whether they're open or not. And that's what leads to a lot of his interceptions. Put him behind a good offensive line. I think he cuts down interceptions. I think he looks better. And I think he's he could do put up better numbers in one year in Indy than we saw in, in any of the last five or six seasons in Preach. L.A. slash San Diego. Preach. I think so, too. Love the Colts if they get him. They need to go get him, make it happen, finish it up. I uh, thought you said breach, and I was like, why are you yelling at me, man? Breach. But, but you were saying preach. 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 There you go. <laughs> all right. So that's the uh, midday-ish podcast recapping all the action that's going on so far. Again, check out the Tom Brady podcast in the feed. Uh, we'll have other emergency podcasts as news breaks. This is the Philip Rivers Cam Teddy Bridgewater podcast, though. Um, weird how, like, the Rivers thing is so – Unless, so unless something really, really changes with Rivers, this will qualify because we've talked about it enough. Um, also, we will be on CBS Sports HQ, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe even some in the future. We'll let you know, but tune into that on your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, uh, your phone, computer, wherever you want to do it. Support the pod. We really appreciate everybody for doing that. Subscribe, rate, and review. You can leave five-star reviews. Ask us questions. We will answer everything. And we'll be back later on Tuesday night with a recap, winners, losers pod. You guys are the best for listening. Oh, and make sure and check out Alexa. Say, Alexa, play the Pick 6 podcast. Or say, Google Home. Hey, Google, play the Pick 6 podcast. And they will do it right away. You don't have to search for anything. They'll fail in your little mozzarella Echo, play the Pick 6 podcast. Getting Pick 6 NFL podcast from Apple Podcasts. That's it! See you later! <laughs> from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.